Thank you for joining us for this message from Cornerstone Community Church in Lynchburg, Virginia. And now let's join our guest speaker. Backstory, um, thank you all for coming out, by the way. I've got my family all the way over from Colorado and uh, got some friends here and there. Thank you all. And uh, uh, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Kaylee Edilion. Yes, that is what it spells up there. I know it's hard to believe. <laughs> um, you can say it like Hawaii, Kaylee that's my name. So uh, um, if it takes about, you know, three weeks, three years to get my name right, that's okay. I'm patient. I'm patient. Um, I have been uh, teaching youth for about seven years, five years back in Colorado and two years uh, here. And I've been a member of this church for a little while and uh, finally get the chance to speak. And I'm, I'm glad to be up here. And you guys are looking good today. Amen. So uh, today, we're going to talk about your story not being over. Um, now, I'm sure that's, that's weird to hear from a 26-year-old who's standing up here, but uh, we're going to take a look at some biblical characters that are much older and wiser than I am uh, that'll kind of help bolster my case. So in your life, you are going to make mistakes. I'm sure some of you uh, that are older than two years old know that. Um, and one of the easiest ways that we can gauge our mistakes is sin. Um, they're laid out in the Ten Commandments. Um, but there are also decisions that we can make. Some, some decisions may be choosing a different job over another. Um, these are not necessarily mistakes, but sometimes God can guide us in certain ways that we might not be able to foresee. Um, and that's kind of what we're going to be talking about today is our purpose, what God's destiny is for each one of us. Um, the first person that we're going to talk about is Samson. He was a man who knew what his purpose was from birth. Uh, his parents were um, uh, living in a time where Israel was uh, in judgment. So um, at this point, the Philistines had come in. The Israelites had disobeyed God for too long. And God said, all right, I need you to go to your corner and don't come out until I tell you to. Uh, that, the Philistines were the corner. Um, he said, for 40 years, the Philistines are going to come and rule over you. And um, at this point, the 40 years is coming to an end. And uh, obviously, you can't stay in the corner forever. So God sends Samson. And Samson is going to be the judge who is going to lead Israel out. Um, he was told, his parents were told that he was going to be under God's covenant. Um, he was told not to cut his hair, not to drink wine, um, lots of other rules. But from birth, Samson knew what he was supposed to do. Um, I don't know about you guys, I was not told from birth what I was supposed to do. Um, but uh, some of us were. Um, you know, something, something that our, our parents told us from birth, um, you know, you're going to go on and be a great speaker um, or what have you. Um, and Samson was one of those people. Um, here. Hold on, let me get my notes set up. <coughs> so Samson, he's living out his life. Um, he's at this point, we're going to skip forward. He's a young man, and he meets this woman, and he falls in love with her. Now she's a Philistine, and to some of you guys, thinking about that in your head, Samson is supposed to remove the Israelites from the Philistines, or remove the Philistines from on top of 
the Israelites. And he falls in love with the Philistines. This is kind of weird. It's not my immediate thought. Let's fall in love with the enemy. <laughs> but he does. And uh, if we look in Judges 14, 3 through 4, um, we see, Then his father and his mother said to him, Is there no woman among the daughters of your relatives or among all your people that you may go to take a wife from the uncircumcised Philistines? But Samson said to his father, Get her for me, for she looks good to me. Now here he isn't just saying she's hot, because she probably was, but he, this, the, the etymology here, he's, he's saying she is uh, the completion of me. He's saying this is, this is the puzzle piece that completes me. Um, and his parents, obviously, are, are a little concerned. They're like, you can't find somebody like, you know, your cousin over here or something like that. Somebody, somebody someone among our people. Um, he says, no, this is the girl for me. And in verse 4, however, his father and mother did not know that it was of the Lord, for he was seeking an occasion against the Philistines. Now at that time, the Philistines were ruling over Israel. So again, it, it kind of uh, brings that back. But here, oddly enough, Samson is listening to the Lord and doing God's will. That Philistine woman is put there for a purpose. Um, and that is to say... Um, Sometimes, when we're choosing, like the example that I gave, between one job and the other, sometimes what looks like the wrong choice might be the God choice. And that's something that we kind of have to keep in mind. We need to be listening to God as he is speaking to each of us, and that helps us make the difference between a good choice and a God choice. So, again, this is kind of an odd circumstance, um, but... He's, God is going to use this woman and this union to bring about the conflict that's going to allow them to escape from the Philistines. Now, Samson screws up a little. Um, he ends in a big feud. Basically what happens is uh, Samson goes to marry his wife. There's a large festivity before, uh, kind of like the bachelor party, but it lasts for seven days. Um, and he provides a riddle, and all of his uh, groomsmen are trying to solve it. They can't solve it, so they decide to blackmail his wife. We will kill you and your family if you don't tell us what Samson's, the answer to Samson's riddle is. A little extreme, but that's what they do. Again, this is kind of building up to the Philistines um, and the Israelites going to war with each other and Samson leading them out. Um, well, it doesn't end up well. Uh, Samson leaves, and uh, there's, uh, because she does tell him, she doesn't want to die, um, and then her father marries her off to another man, in fact, one of the groomsmen at the party, so Samson would have known this guy. Uh, this happens, Samson's a little upset, so he comes back, um, there's, there's some small skirmishes, um, Samson kills a lot of people. There's burning of uh, fields. Um, and Samson ends up killing over a thousand people um, over what starts very small and kind of builds up and builds up. Um, there's a lot of things that happen. And through this, we see Samson's strength and God coming over him as he is um, uh, going about this. It doesn't necessarily start... Um, the way that, I mean, I don't kill a thousand Philistines, <laughs> but 
this, again, is starting to lead to Samson's destiny, what God has called him to do. And uh, here we see that. But then he makes a very big mistake. Um, he is now without a wife. So he goes looking. And he keeps going back to the Philistines. Again, oddly enough, he's killed plenty of them, but he wants a wife, I guess. So here, Samson is feeling really good. God has come upon him. Strength has come upon him. And he just goes out and does what he knows that God has called him to do. And he feels like he's on top of the world. He can do anything. And he falls in love with a woman named Delilah. And if any of you guys know the song, uh, Hey There, Delilah, doesn't end up too well for him. Doesn't end up too well for Samson either. Um, so this is uh, Judges 16, 5 through 6. The lords of the Philistines came up to her and said to her, they're talking to Delilah here, entice him and see where his great strength lies and how he, we may overpower him, that we may bind him and afflict him. Then we will each give you 1,100 pieces of silver. So Delilah said to Samson, she doesn't even pause there. <laughs> That's a lot of money. She's like, all right, cool, let's do this thing. So Delilah said to Samson, please tell me where your great strength is and how you may be bound to afflict you. Now keep in mind, Samson was not told when he meets Delilah, this is the completion for you. This is God's goal for you. He says, I like this girl. She's hot. Let's do this thing. This is a good decision. Turns out to be a very bad decision and not a God decision. So keep that in mind as we're going through. Obviously, it's a bad decision. The Philistines come and uh, Delilah pesters him and eventually... He breaks his covenant with God. Delilah cuts his hair, which he was told not to do, and he loses his strength. Samson uh, is then taken by the Philistines. He's tortured and uh, led on display. At this point, again, he's killed many Philistines. They're, they're, he's infamous. People are looking out for him. And uh, here they want to show off. The, the Israelites have led a rebellion and we've taken the main guy captive. And at this point, Samson is without anything. He's uh, downtrodden, again, tortured. At this point, he's been blinded and he is led in front of a building to act as court jester for a lot of the higher-ups of the Philistines. And he asks God just once, whoops, just once, Give me strength once again. Bless me, please. I am humbling myself before you. Let me just do this one thing. Let me complete my destiny. And he puts his arms up against the columns that are holding the building up and pushes them over, and the entire building collapses. And it describes it as uh, high-ranking Philistines and more than he had killed in his entire life are destroyed in that one building. So he is finally able to complete his destiny, but not before humbling himself. The second person we're going to look at is David. Now David's story is a little bit more well-known, and he is not given his destiny from birth. Instead, he's told that he's going to be king at a young age. He is a very young teenager. Um, to my teens, we've talked about this. Um, He's, he's very young, but he's given his destiny at that point. And he goes on to kill Goliath, and his enemies 
run from him. God comes on him, and he's able to do what he needs to do and become king. But he sees a woman. I don't know why it's always a woman. I'm sorry, guys. (laughs) But he sees a woman. And this is when he is a king. He's been king for a while. He's been hearing from God. He's been doing God's will for a while. And he slips. He is walking along the wall, and he sees a, a woman bathing. And he calls for her. And at that point, he commits adultery with her, and she becomes pregnant. So obviously, being such a great man after God, he asks for forgiveness. He tries to correct the sin, right? No. He does the exact opposite. He takes the husband, and he tries to get him to sleep with his wife. Like, oh, she's pregnant. I need to cover this up, get the husband in there. Everything will be fine. I can cover up with a lie. That doesn't work. His husband is uh, ready to, he's a, he's a um, uh, warrior in David's army. And he's like, nope, I'm prepared for battle. Let's get this thing done. I'm serving you, my king. And David's like, all right, that plan's not going to work. So he tries it again. He tries to cover up the lie. Doesn't work again. Uriah is ready to go. That's the husband's name. So he says, all right, fine. He talks to a general. He says, put Uriah out at the very front of the battle, and when it gets the worst, send the rest of the army back and let Uriah die. And the army does this. And David covers up his adultery and his attempted lie with murder. And obviously this is not him living out in his destiny. But as we see in, this is 2 Samuel 12, 13 through 14, Nathan is a prophet who comes in to um, make sure that Israel is going the right way. He hears directly from God, and he comes to David, and he tells him a story about um, his sin. It's a parable. And David realizes, this is verse 13, Then David said to Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. And Nathan said to David, The Lord also has taken away your sin. You shall not die. However, because by this deed you have given occasion to the enemies of the Lord to blaspheme, the child also that is born to you shall surely die. So here, there is a physical consequence to his sin, but he's asked for forgiveness from God. He realizes his sin and God does forgive him, he doesn't strike him down with a lightning bolt, but he does say, the son that you had will die. And at this, um, David uh, humbles himself, he throws sackcloth on, covers his head in ash, this was the the Israelites' way of uh, showing that they were in mourning, of humbling themselves before God. This is what they would do. And he does this as his son gets sick. And seven days, he does not eat. He fasts. He prays. He asks God for everything. Just please save my son. And the son dies. And at this point, David cleans himself off, puts on a new pair of clothes, and understands, I have committed a great sin, and God has punished me for it. But now I need to go out and live my destiny. And he does. 
He, with this same woman, actually, oddly enough, they um, have a son, and his name is Solomon. And he goes on to be one of the wealthiest and wisest kings. That was because David continued, after he had made his mistake, he humbled himself and turned around. And then he went on to live out his destiny. Um, it's okay. So, the third person that we're going to talk about is Paul. Now, Paul was not like David or Samson. Samson knew his destiny from the very beginning. He knew exactly what God was calling him to do for his entire life. David grew up, and part of the way through his teens, he learned that God's destiny was to make him a king. Paul, also known as Saul, didn't know that he was going to do anything other than what he was doing, until he was later in his adulthood. He was killing Christians because that's what he got, thought God was going to do, willing to do for or sorry, that's what God wanted him to do, and so he went out and did it with fervent vigor. He killed all the Christians that he could find. God obviously was not in that, uh, but he did. And as he's going out to kill more Christians, Christ comes before him, and strikes him with blindness. And here, he meets Christ and is given his purpose. And from here, he is able to move on with that purpose. And the title of this message is Your Story Is Not Over. With Samson, we saw that his purpose was given and he, led in that pur- he, he went in that purpose, but then he falls and he thinks everything is over. This is the end of the book. This is not the end of the chapter. It's done. This is page 99. There is no page 100. That's it. But at the very end, he humbles himself. He pulls himself to God and asks, please, just one more time, let me fill out, fulfill your destiny. And then God comes upon him in strength, and he is able to complete it. David, he doesn't find out till later. But when he does, he starts to follow God. And he gets quite a far ways into his adulthood and then commits a sin. But instead, again, like Samson, instead of saying, all right, this is it, he stops what he's doing completely. He goes before God and he fasts and prays. And then as soon as his punishment is done, he realizes, all right, I'm back on track. The next chapter begins. And again, he goes on to be a great king of Israel. And in fact, he is in the lineage of Christ. So obviously he did something right. (laughs) Um, So that's David. And with Paul, he doesn't learn his purpose until much later. He may have thought this was what he was going to do for the rest of his life. Kill Christians until he's dead. And God comes and changes that. And this is where I mentioned earlier, it can be hard to hear that from a 26-year-old, so I use biblical characters instead. Paul here was much older than I was, or I am, uh, when he got this calling. And to those of you who are older, you can look at that and know your story is not over. You can be 93 and God can give you a purpose in life and you can go out and crush 
the enemies of God, and God is in that with you. You can be my age, 26. God can give you a purpose, and you can go out and crush his enemies with vigor. Or you can be like Samson. You could know exactly what God wants you to do. And he still gives forgiveness to you when you screw up. Because you will. I have. But all of that is to say that when we humble ourselves before God, he can take that, give us forgiveness, and move on. These three men were, again, examples of straying from God's plan and making awful decisions. But, again, that humbling themselves and getting back on track is what brought them into God's purpose. Many of you um, have gone through life. Some of you may not be living in sin currently. You've, you've gotten that forgiveness. You're where David was. You've, you've accepted that. But uh, some of you who have may shrug off, oh, I lied once or twice, maybe a hundred times. I don't know. I lost track. Uh, you, can, you can shrug that off. But the Bible makes it clear that any sin, even as Jesus points out, allowing sinful thoughts to come and focusing on those in your mind, the consequence of that is death. David saw that. He committed adultery, and he knew, because Nathan told him, the consequence of this is death. But he humbled himself and asked for forgiveness. We can do the same thing. Every sin is a bridge too far, and yet Jesus died so that we could avoid that worst consequence. Romans 8.28 says, And we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. That purpose that he gives, that forgiveness that he gives, is open to everyone. Anyone who will come to Christ and ask him to, uh, or ask to accept that death of his to mean something to me, to mean something to you, to put my sin on Christ. That's all you need to do, to humble yourself, to accept that gift, and God will move you back into his purpose. Into Thank you for listening to this message from Cornerstone Community Church. We are located in Lynchburg, Virginia at 525 Old Graves Mill Road. You can find us online at cornerstonelynchburg.com, contact us by email, cornerstonecom at comcast.net, or call us at 434-847-4796. We pray the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you.